Avengers, Infinity War, from the sermon series, God on Film, spoken by Pastor Michael, carry on. Somebody clap for Jesus. Amen. No, 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 seriously, clap for Jesus, somebody, for real. Amen. 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 Wow, is that the best you have for Jesus? I'm sorry. I mean, you know, some, Jesus, you know. Hey, the King of glory, you know, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Amen. To him be all glory forever. So honored to be here, Metro. Uh, some faces are familiar. Some I don't remember at all. And uh, you've been very kind and uh, just so grateful to Pastor Peter for inviting me uh, after... Um, after I guess the changes and everything on both our ministries. And so, you know, one thing I will correct Pastor Sinead is that I'm no longer over the bridge. Now I live in Inglewood and uh, somebody say glory to God, amen. So I got up this morning, right? And, and I took an $8 Uber here. And I said, the devil's a liar. $8, I, gotta, I, gotta, I may have to come, come to Metro and just stay with y'all because Preaching on Sundays in the South Bronx is crazy. I mean, just that traffic is insane. I said, Lord, Lord, the devil's a liar. I, didn't, I bought the Uber guy a yacht by now with all the stuff that I've been. I have never in 25 years of ministry implanting six churches, now going on our third charter school and a high school, ever been invited to speak or launch a series, God on Film. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just said, wow, so how do I like, but it's a parallel of the movie narrative and a textual criticism and we mesh them together and see what happens. And anyway, but when you saw the clip, did you not want to just leave and go to the movies right now? Anybody was, put your hands up. Oh no, I'm not the only, I feel like, did I fail God just now? I mean, I got an assignment, but I want to see the movie again, you know? And so you know God is moving in your life when something like this happens. When, when, you're, when you're 20 or 8 year old, 20 or 8, 28 year old son, who's in seminary and the youth pastor of our church, comes into the house and says, Daddy, I don't know how it is in Korean culture or, or Asian culture, and, but in Latino, African, Caribbean culture, uh, we call our parents Daddy and Mommy until they're, you know, a thousand years old and they get in the bed with us. Was, I, don't know what that is. I don't know if that's unhealthy, uh, but my hairy, very hairy adult 28-year-old jumps in the bed with me and says, move over, daddy. You got your own house, bro, get out. And so eats my food, leaves, just, oh, anyway, I'm not gonna, I need a counseling session because of my kids, but. 28-year-old Matthew comes in the house and says, daddy, get everybody in the house together, we're going to the movies. My treat, I'm paying. Then we're gonna go to dinner, on me, I'm paying. I was like, bless the Lord. Oh my soul. And everything that is within me. I said, blessed is he, is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Because you know when your child is coming and it's on their expense, there is a God in heaven. <laughs> Praise the Lord, amen. And so he says, we're gonna go see this movie and you know, my sons are addicted to Marvel comics uh, and Marvel, the movement, the animation, everything. Uh, they are millennials and they are just entrenched with the hero and he has all these, he's a grown man, but he has all these little like uh, toys that he collects, these little, these little box things. You guys know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? He has these little um, figurines. figurines. 
With me, it was Hot Wheels. With him, it's Marvel Comics things. And so he turns around, and he has all these things. We go to a movie, and I've got to tell you, if you didn't see the movie, this is going to be a spoiler for you. It really is. If you didn't see the movie, I'm sorry. Everybody dies in the movie. Uh, everybody who you expect to live in a movie dies. So we're in the movie, best fight scenes, hands down, best Marvel movie out of all of them, cataclysmic. The meta-narratives are insane. The fighting is insane. The enemy is insane. Thanos is insane. They take Galaxy Warriors. They take, they take Wakanda. They take Black Panther. They take uh, Wakanda all day. All day Wakanda. I'm going to tell you, when that movie came out, I went to go see that. First of all, the tension of watching Black Panther as an Afro-Latino was a little much for me because reality says to me that the dominant culture is not of an African narrative, but a European white narrative. So as I sat down, I had to push through my own reality and press in to say, no, 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 no. It is possible for people of color to be at the top and not on the bottom. Somebody say amen. It is possible for the prosperity of the margins to meet at the center and not be co-opted and colonized into the dominant culture. Somebody say amen. Right? If we understand the gospel message and understand Jesus, Jesus himself is born into the first century context, an oppressed context, right? An occupied territory under Roman rule, and he himself is a refugee. He himself is a dreamer. He himself is Puerto Rican and colonized in the island of Puerto Rico, rejected, forgotten, and abandoned by his own government. But blessed be the God of our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who flips everything upside down. And there's liberation, even when we do situation uh, captivity ministry. And I'm sorry, I just want a theological stent right there. But ultimately, what I'll say to you is that I watched this movie with my son. And I was so moved at all of the narratives. But there was one specific narrative that just really stuck out. And I pray that it would be a blessing to you as we dive into it. And once again, everybody dies that you expect to live at the end of the movie. So if you got messed up behind that, just go see the movie. It was absolutely, I might go see it. I might just go home and see it again today. Uh, bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for what you're doing in Metro. Father, hide me. Touch my mouth. Let me not detour, remix. Father God, let me not mess up, jack up, or change anything that you would say to your church. This is your church, and you said that you would build it. Be glorified. Touch every heart. Remove anything that's not of you, any ideology, any, any distraction, any imagery. Father, we take captivity over every imagination that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And we cast it down in submission to your lordship and your sovereignty. In the name above every name we pray, amen. I went to this text and I was talking to Peter. Peter says, we're going to launch this movie thing and I want you to get involved with the, and what do you think about a message that you could preach? And there's so many, you know, when you're a preacher, you can look at anything and get a message. We're just trained that way. All that exegesis, homiletics, hermeneutics, pedagogy, all of that starts to formulate that we see everything in an imagery where we can talk about it and put a narrative or a context to it and then present it to somebody else. But as I was processing and praying for this Sunday, for this, for, to, to meet in front of you, uh, what came to me was an obscure text in 3 John. Because as we were watching the movie, I was captivated at, at what was happening, how every, all of my favorite heroes were partnering together. And, you know, growing up in the hood, the Incredible Hulk was my favorite. If I could be any of the heroes, I would be a brown Incredible Hulk <laughs> with tattoos all over just to mess up the frame, you know? But Hulk didn't show up the way I wanted him to in this, in this movie, but I get it because the enemy was so strong and so heavy. 
But when we watched the movie, I, I got upset with Matthew and I said, bro, how can you bring me to this movie, dog? After I saw the ending, and then I noticed something. I noticed that the several hundred people that were in the theater with us that, that evening, nobody was talking. Everybody was somber. Everybody, it was like we were walking out of a funeral. And I'm sitting there saying, because you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit just come up and say, I'm talking to you. He just whispered in my ear. He said, look at this. Look at this. Look at these people. Contra. They didn't even talk coming out of their chairs. They didn't talk to each other walking down the aisle. They didn't talk to each other walking in the hallway, coming out to where you buy the popcorn. Nobody spoke. When I went to the men's room, the brothers wasn't talking in the men's room. Because the affect of not winning at the end of the movie affected them so much. And it was at that point I said, this is a word from the Lord to the church. We have been tainted by the heterodox, by the heresy of self-centeredness. You ain't gotta say amen. This is the second service, I'm gonna drop it like it's hot, catch this Uber, go back home and go to sleep. I may not be invited for another 10 years, it's all good. I don't know who I got mad at me last time I preached here. It took me five years to come back. It's all good. I know what it was. Y'all hired Pastor Sanita. You ain't need the Puerto Rican no more. I get it. Amen. Hey, you know, this is a different service. That first service was looking at me like this, like, yeah, all right. <laughs> this feels like the Bronx here. You're like, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. This side, I'm sitting in the theater and I'm looking at all these people walk out with an attitude. And I'm saying, yo, this is a movie, dog. This is a movie. Y'all acting like this is real life. You ever notice that? I walked into my, into my, I was coming down the stairs. Walked into a conversation with my daughters and my, and, and my wife Elizabeth, the original OG. <laughs> Sister been with me so long, she got her own gang signs. Thirty-one years. I don't know how that translates for some of y'all. Thirty-one years. That's an OG son. I walked into this conversation. They were talking about something. Somebody died, and oh my God, and so and so got hit by a car, and da da da. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Who? Oh my God, what happened? Who? No, Daddy, we're talking about a show. You talking about a what? A show, blacklist or something like that. And I said, but you guys are engaged in a conversation so passionately as if it's for real. And it hit me as I was preparing this message. The narratives are so lifelike to us when we look at media and we look at our movies. Yeah. And the truth is, especially in the United States, in the Church of the West, I think in many ways we're living out the fantasies of our movies. You ain't gotta say amen. But everybody up in here wants to be a superhero. Everybody up in here has been trained through their education, through media, through society, through your culture, whether Asian, American, Caribbean, African American, Latino, to what? Win. We are, we are trained and we're bred to be what? Self-preserving. Matter of fact, capitalism, the underwriting narrative is get what you can get no matter how you get it, step on whoever you get it from, do it, get it. And I got to this text, Third John, the Apostle John speaking to a spiritual son named Gaius. Verses nine and 10 of the base text, nine through 10, Third John, but we'll read the entire uh, pericope, 11 verses is all it is. But I want to start off with this. This is what John says to Gaius in that same vein 
of self-centeredness, that same heresy. Heresy means wrong teaching. And self-centeredness is heterodox when you consider the orthodoxy, the right biblical teaching, right teaching in the word of God. Verse nine says this, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. If you're taking, I know this is a, a three-point church. You guys have points. And we don't talk like that in the black community. I'm sorry. We hoop and we holler. We move. We, uh, we, we don't just speak verbally. We, use, we speak non-verbally. Our hands got to move and we move. If you haven't noticed that yet, just, I mean, Stevie Wonder can see clearly that I'm moving as I'm talking because I'm a person of ethnicity and particularly Caribbean. So I do that in three languages, English, Spanish, and heavenly tongues. But he says this, Apostle John, I have written something to the church, but the Atrephes who likes to put himself first does not acknowledge our authority. Church, when we put ourselves first, when we are self-preserving, when we are about us, we negate the authority of God. When we create our own space, and if you look at, if you look at this, 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 this taintedness, this fallenness, if you look at the heresy of, 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 of self-centeredness, it has infiltrated every aspect of our society. It has infiltrated our government, our administration is self-centered. You ain't gotta agree with me on that. You can just watch TV and you, know, you don't have to agree with me on that. We have to realize that every ideology has fallen, every government has fallen, everything has fallen that we touch. The, the psalmist said this, in sin did my mother conceive me. We are dealing with this sin issue. And I want to say this to you, it's even infiltrated the church. You have to ask me why, I'm going to tell you why anyway. Remember, I'm going to drop it like it's hot, get in this Uber and go back to Inglewood. <laughs> Up the block and around away. It's infiltrated the church. Because evangelical silence on the issue of Puerto Rico has been deafening. The fact that we went from 64 dead because of a media blackout to almost 6,000, and there's no uproar for 6,000 American citizens being abandoned by their administration. Not only am I the national director for, the, uh, for NALEC, the National Latino Evangelical Coalition, but I'm also one of the members of the Bronx Coalition dealing with the second phase of Hurricane Maria. And since you opened up the window, Pastor, allow me the license to say this. We, we put together a care group for survivors of Maria. Me, Pastor uh, Cindy, and Pastor Pete from our church, and, and about 15 other agencies that are embracing the influx of, Korea, uh, of those coming in from, uh, from the Caribbean to the mainland. And we had about 15 families gather in a circle, and as they started to talk, as they started to talk, one person said, I can remember when I heard the typhoon siren. And as they opened up the typhoon siren, I had this cold feeling come upon me. As he said that, the lady from across the group turned around and says, and when I heard the siren, I heard dogs barking. And when I heard the dogs barking, I turned around and I started to feel something. And then somebody else said, I heard dogs barking, but then I heard women screaming. And they all started to unpack this memory. They all started to unpack the horror and the terror of the hurricane. And they started to relive right in front of us in the Bronx, right there in that church circle. They started to relive the isolation and the panic. And then post Maria, the abandonment, the neglect, and then the deaths, and then the dark. There are still some that are in the dark. I don't know about you, but I can't go into the bathroom if it's dark. I'm a grown man, I'm almost 50 years old. 
My wife tells me, we pay light, turn off the lights. She sings that song like this guy, Evangelist, turn off the lights. Light a candle. I'm like, turn them on. Turn them on. Because I don't like the dark. Can you imagine? No light, no water, no food, no help, no support, no infrastructure, no one checking on you, no one caring about you. You lose everything. And then now they come and they offer you a $500 check. You don't have a roof. You're living in squalor. And then they say, because you don't have the papers of your property, you're not going to get the help. And then I'm going to give you a pack of Skittles. Live off of that. That's the reality of Puerto Rico now. 6,000 dead. Thousands still destitute. Where's the church? The same things are happening in Guatemala. Hurricane, not the hurricane, the volcano just erupted. Guatemaltecos are suffering. Está sufriendo ahora. They're suffering right now. People are dying. People are suffocating from the ash of the volcano. Where is the church? Where is the church? White evangelical silence on the issue of, of the reinvigoration of white supremacy. Where is the church of many colors that's reflected within the text that speaks truth to power? Why did I love this movie? Because every favorite superhero came together to stop the power of darkness from coming in and destroying the entire world. They didn't have the political agenda or ideology, right? The only people you didn't see was Batman and Superman because they're DC Comics. I didn't see Wonder Woman. But every Marvel comic uh, superhero was on deck and ready to shoot the fifth. Let me translate that. They came in to fight. I'm sorry, that's urban. I, I thought I was in the Bronx, I'm sorry. They came in to handle business. There was negotiations. Captain America came out the shadows. They found the Winter Soldier, dug up his, his good arm from up under a rock, put it back on him. He was, he was cutting trees and they brought it to him. Right? Come on. The Hulk came back. Thor went to go meet the guy from Game of Thrones on a faraway star. And I don't know how they made him a giant. Did you see that? I thought it was the guy from Harry Potter. I said, wait a minute, is that the Harry Potter? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm already, this group is already too young to remember Harry Potter? I'm sorry, I'm mixing themes, I'm, I know. But this is God on film. But what happens? Thor goes and he's, he's getting his, his, new, his new axe. Stark. And my, one of my favorites, Doctor Strange. Woo, that boy, that boy's cape is bad, ain't it? That thing talks and moves by, it'll slap you if you step out of line, right? Spider-Man, Spider-Man done went to a new level, son. And they're fighting Thanos and they're throwing rocks and they're in this tension. And then you've got, then you've got the Wakanda crew, Black Panther and them gathering in Wakanda. And all these aliens, there are so many fight scenes happening at the same time. I'm going to tell you, this is pure adrenaline. And then I think about our world. Oh my God, did you hear what I just landed? On our world. Puerto Rico. Oh. Guatemala. Bendito. Africa. Let me say this to you, and I said it in the first service, I'm going to say it again. I denounce any gospel that's silent on the African narrative. I denounce any heretical teaching that rejects the Jewishness of Jesus. I reject any narrative that is counter 
the narrative that we see in Revelation, that before his throne were the four beasts and the 144,000, and that every tribe and nation were present, and that they all worshiped together. I denounce any gospel that's segregated. I denounce any gospel that's okay with poverty. I denounce any gospel that will keep a people on the margins. I denounce it. That is no gospel at all. I denounce any heresy that says that the church should be about itself and not about community. Heterodox. There needs to be a deconstruction of our pride and arrogance even within the context of the church. The most segregated day in all of America is every Sunday. Right now, today, not in this church context, but across the globe. Let me just help some folk here because I know there's a little bit of Latinos in the building. I wanted to help you. Uh, there's no such thing as a Puerto Rican section of heaven. There's not going to be a Korean section. There's not going to be a Korean Christian fellowship section of heaven. There's not going to be an American-born Chinese section of heaven. I know there's some Filipinos in the building. Al, there's not going to be a, a, a there's not going to be a Filipino. Africa is not going to have a dark continent portion of the. Somebody say amen. amen. We got to deal with each other, Jack. We got to worship with each other. We got to tell, smell each other's breath. We got to bump into each other's culture. We have to embrace the other. Jesus steps out, mira, Jesus steps out of glory, puts on humanity, becomes Emmanuel, God with us, properly translated the tabernacle among us. To do what? He who knew no sin becomes sin that we might be found as the righteousness of God in him. We couldn't save ourselves. And the truth is we, gotta save, we can't save ourselves from ourselves. It's not a foreign power. We can't blame everything on the devil. Trumpism is not, it's, it's, it's not the issue. It's not a red or a blue issue. It's a us issue. The issue of sin. The issue of pride. The issue of arrogance. I believe in a gospel that is transformative. I believe in a God that calls the dead and says, come forth and live. I believe in a God that'll take a prostitute and make her a pastor. I believe a God that'll take an illiterate, homeless person and turn them into a force of good and power and transformation and leadership and guidance. Your, 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 your mantra is transformation. I appreciate and I thank the living God that you guys are getting, you're, you're moving on up like George and Weezy. You're getting a bigger building, praise be to God. I was having lunch with Pastor Peter the other day, I said, Bishop, I said, Obispo, Obispo, that's Bishop in Spanish. I said, broke without, because when you got your own building, you gotta clean your own toilets. Let's park there for 30 seconds. We got a building, and right now my, my office is underwater because it's our building, and we got to take care of that problem. Plumbers, contractors, electricians, it's a different paradigm when somebody else got to deal with it. And what happens is that if you're selfish and you're prideful and you're centered and you're too good, too smart, or too educated to take a plunger and plunge a toilet in the name of Jesus, <laughs> ooh, I know I offended somebody right now. So I need to get the car running. Because that's ministry. That's serving. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. When you get your new building, can people with fleas come into your church? Can people that smell like last night's events come into your church? Because in my church, the fleas are popping off the people at the altar. 
In my church, people are smelling like the drugs that they're doing and the liquor that they're drinking and the smell of homelessness at the altar. You see, that's ministry. And that's doing ministry on the margins in a situation of brokenness. And so for me, my superheroes, the fantasy is that I could be the Incredible Hulk. But I want to be like Brother Herman, who did 17 years in jail, got saved, got sanctified, got justified, got acquitted by his father. Amen. And I was transformed into a leader and a prophet amongst the homeless. See, that's a real Hulk. That's a real Black Panther. When I look at this movie, I look at all the different tensions and I look at the spoiled reality of, of them trying to work it out. Tony Stark is so smart, he bumps into his own intelligence, won't submit to nobody. You know anybody like that? They know everything before you say something. My brother's laughing, don't you sit next to your wife, don't get in no trouble. He went like this, oh my God, he's talking about, I'm everyone look. he's brother out of here, brother. Father, bless him and keep, protect him, Lord. And baby. She's going to catch him around the corner. Listen, call, call 911 now. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who has the arrogance, they want to come to the front. They're going to do Santa Cena. They're going to do, I'm sorry, they're going to do Holy Communion their way. So, no, line up right over here. Did I not say line up right over here? Line up right over here. Dip your wafer, take a bite, keep it moving. Some people talk like that and, and, and worship like that. And this is the Lord's table. This is grace exemplified. This is the imagery and the explanation of the mysterium of God, where the cursed become the reconciled because of the price of the lamb that suffered at the cross. Glory be to God. How dare we come to his table with arrogance? How dare we gather in the name of Jesus? And think this is about us and our agenda. How dare we lose ourselves in our pride and arrogance and, and, and bring secularism and secular thought into the holy place and then become a church that does not care about the poor, a church that does not care about the suffering, a church that does not care, a church that is silent on injustice, that does not know what love, mercy, and justice is. The truth is you don't know what freedom is until you've been in captivity. And some people are in such captivity, they don't know that they're locked up. You didn't hear what I just said, man. You walking around here in chains and don't know it. I'm gonna talk to this side. I think this side looking at me funny. Can you, you know, I gotta give him the attitude, you know. Can you own the fact that you need Jesus? Because there's some churches that think that Jesus needs them. This side is on fire for God. This side, where you at? <laughs> John is dealing with the issue of pride in the church. And he sends a letter, and, but this guy Diotrephes or Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge the authority. When we are self-centered, we don't acknowledge any authority but our own. We listen to our voice alone. Let me tell you what Peter did to me. Peter starts to talk to me and mentor me for the last 15 years, uh, 12 years, 13 years. Silent retreat this and silent retreat that. So, you know, I'm working with the RTS now, Reform Theological Seminary. They're going on a what? Deacon silent retreat. I don't know why I did that. I'm Puerto Rican. Black Tino from the Bronx. I don't do silence well. I'm sitting there. 
texting Peter. <laughs> Ask him when he gets back. Is he watching this? Texting you, Peter. Mike, where you at? At a silent retreat. <laughs> Peter, dot, dot, dot. The silence is loud. <laughs> All the Latinos, we like huddle up under this one little umbrella and this on the but suffering, sufriendo, bro. We were, we were dying because we couldn't talk to each other. So we had to use sign language like, mira este. Like, look at that one over there. <laughs> okay, wow. All right. Right? The white brethren, they're walking around fine, <laughs> chirping with the birds, hanging with the squirrels. <laughs> Mira, walking with a swag from the 19th century, you know, like. <laughs> African-Americans are there, they're like saying, you know, I, how long will I suffer in captivity? <laughs> and all the Latinos are there saying, we are dying. This is cruel and unusual punishment. That was the first 15 minutes I suffered. 15 minutes for like 15 days. I'm not even exaggerating, I'm just telling you straight up. And I may not seem as spiritual to you after this, but I'm sorry, this is who I am. A half hour into it, I started to deconstruct. Half hour into it, I started to center. 45, in, 45 minutes into it, I started to have this awkward peace come upon me. And I wasn't napping. My eyes were awake. <laughs> Which made it even more of a peculiar experience for me because I felt calm, and then I felt peace, and then I felt, Lord, is that you? Lord, is that you? An hour afterwards, I find this, I come to this place, Sister Cartwright, I come to this place where I realize I've been tainted and the noise has become normal. And I said, I gotta detox. You see, those of you who come out of addiction life, you know what I'm talking about when I say detox. The problem with detoxification, especially from manteca, from heroin or synthetic drugs, is that it gets into the bone marrow and detox can kill you if you don't do it right. Which is why the lie of methadone was birthed. This is an urban education for some of you. Which is worse than the heroin addiction. What happens is that we start to detox from the dysfunction of our lives and the noise of our lives we have got to lean on the Lord. If we don't, we'll lean on ourselves. And we think that we are our own saviors and we're not. You need to be saved from you. I walked out of that place saying, I preach, I teach, I prophesy, I pray. I'm an advocate, I'm a social worker, I'm a superintendent, I'm an academic. And I had to come into a place on a hill and say, I'm just Mike. I need Jesus. So now I got to do another silent retreat. Because <laughs> then I came home and I was a super spiritual. I came home to my, I told, I told Elizabeth, Mira, no me hable, don't talk to me. <laughs> Walking like that, Mira, Mira. Don't talk to me. I just came up from Mount Zion and the Lord gave me some tablets. <laughs> and she said, do me a favor, take the tablets and throw out the garbage, please. <laughs> tablets, he tablets. Did you call Carol about the lawn? <laughs> Where's Carol? Meet that Carol? No, me mata Carol. Is Carol here? She's not here? Anyway, until I gave her a shout out. John is addressing selfish, self-centered agenda 
and Diophrides, who not only negates the authority, but then hides the letter to the church. John is trying to give a word to the church about a visiting missional movement that they should embrace. How many leaders today in the Western church, the Lord is trying to inject a fresh movement, a missional grace, a revival, a reconstruction or a deconstruction of empire, but we stop God's move because of our arrogance and our agenda. Beware as you expand your borders, it doesn't become that you're building your temple. Because this is God's church. This isn't Peter's church, this isn't the board's church. He said, I will build my church and the very gates of hell will not prevail against her. Listen to me, not the hell comes against the church, but if the church is being the church that's in the text, the church is going to hell. Did you hear what I just said? The church goes to hell to save the captive, to preach the gospel, to heal the broken, to love the rejected, to visit those that are incarcerated, to dress those that are naked, to feed the hungry. We cannot extract Matthew 25 and co-sign political agendas that are harmful to the vulnerable. And the church sit back in silence and not speak truth to power. Because then we're not being the church. How dare I be of Puerto Rican heritage and be okay and silent as my people suffer, as my island is rejected and abased? How can I stand back and not try to even, but wait a minute, I'm a New York Puerto Rican. I was born in New York City. And if I go to the island, they'll reject me because to them I'm a New Yorican. I'm an Americano to them. But there's something in the Spanish tongue that says, la sangre llama. The blood calls you. Today is Puerto Rico Sunday. And my people are in the heart, in the barrio, having a parade, singing the song, Que bonito bandera, que bonito bandera, que bonito bandera, la bandera puertorriqueña. While other countries mock us, Isla sin bandera. Because we were co opted into citizenship colonized and abused further for almost 100 years, and still we suffer. Where is the church? Where is the church for Guatemala? Where is the church for Africa? Where is the church for the Southern Belt where African Americans are getting shot still? It's a church like this one that doesn't have a dominant African American base or populace that'll stand up and say black lives matter whether you like it or not. You have no idea the prophetic influence you've had on the entire covenant church because of this church's stance for the least of these. You have no idea how, how, how people are, are think and pray and thank God for Metro community and your pastor because he who is not of the same hue stands for those who can't stand for themselves to the point of being rejected by his own people, his own tribe. Peter is a stubborn pastor. <laughs> Somebody said, he preaching now, he preaching now. Thank the Lord he's stubborn. Jesus was stubborn. He didn't quit on the way to Golgotha. He didn't quit when he fell and he dropped the cross. We look at the Hulk and we look at Wonder Woman and we look at Superman. Let's look at Jesus as a hero. Let's look at Jesus as a social activist icon, not just a metaphor. Idolatry of self has tainted the church. 
And we have swapped heroes. We're okay with fantasy instead of biblical icons that have truth and integrity and ties to the king. We have a reconciliation that's needed in our missiological perspectives and attempts at trying to transform the world. We have got to submit our agenda back to the feet of the cross and say, God, forgive us. We repent and we turn from our agenda and we come back to the first love. There's no Korean section of heaven and there's no Puerto Rican section. There's just heaven because Yahweh in his wisdom said, I am the creator of all things. And all things are beautiful. All people are beautiful. What connects us, and I don't care what color you are, if we all cut ourselves right now, we're all red. Did you not know that? I may be different in, in language and culture, but if I cut you and you cut me, we the same, boo. <laughs> I know there's somebody saying, did he just call me boo? This is the South Bronx service. Thanos is after you. And what I loved about the movie was that every hero got together and partnered. Sunita, what would happen if every person in Metro partnered in the same space, had the same agenda, had the same prayer, had the same heart, had the same mission? What would happen to this state if you guys got on the same page and followed Jesus? What would happen if you all prayed and moved beyond your social constructs into foreign and what? Even alien territory and loving the other. What would happen? What would happen? What would happen to the church if we were on the same page? Fighting Thanos. Fighting. Not against each other's but for each other. I believe in a God that can do that. I believe in a God that can release revival. I believe in a God that calls us, sends us to hell to set captives free. You're about to go into a new building. Praise God. It's not your building. I don't care how much money you put in it. And all your men, put more money in it because you're coming up short. Put more money. You know why? You know why? The building's not big enough for your ministry. Amen. You know how I know that? Because the problems are bigger than the people you have, the amount of people you got in this room. You're called to transform New Jersey. Don't put God in a box. And don't just keep God on the film. Because the media and the narrative, you are God's explanation to a broken world. You got a free ticket to a movie theater after this. I say create a new movie. You could be a church that's about winning, a church that's about losing, or you could be like the first century church and be reimagined. This is the word of the Lord.